Catherine Baker, and welcome back to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Lindsay Cotter. You may recognize her for her popular gluten-free recipe blog, Cotter Crunch, where she shares allergy-friendly recipes that help cooks thrive. Lindsay's background as a nutrition specialist for sports nutrition and gluten-free eating makes her an incredible resource, and she's been featured in Shape Magazine, Dr. Axe, Men's Health, and more. Lindsay's latest cookbook, The Gluten-Free Family Cookbook, Allergy-Friendly Recipes for Everyone Around Your Table, is available now and makes eating gluten-free easy and delicious. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and talk all things gluten-free. That's my specialty. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I always start by asking, what's the first thing that you ever cooked? And about how old were you? Deviled eggs, probably. Uh, My great-grandmother taught me how to make her special deviled eggs every Christmas. And so I would go probably to her house, I don't know, several times a week. And she would teach me like little, you know, tips and tricks. So I think I learned how to cook probably just the filling first, make the filling, not actually cook the eggs. But yeah, deviled eggs. Oh, fun. That's a great place to start. I think eggs are always Mm -hmm. a great place to start, but deviled eggs is a little more adventurous than scrambled. Mm -hmm. (laughs) True, true. Um, That's the first one I remember, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So could you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and what life looked like before you started Cutter Crunch? That was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I started Cutter Crunch back in 2009. That was when my husband was a full-time professional triathlete. He's from New Zealand and I was a nutritionist kind of coaching or uh, obviously taking care of his nutrition for his performance. And uh, he had a blog spot. Did people remember those? Mm-hmm. Blogspot.com. He had a site and it was, I think it was Cotter Chronicles where he um, shared his training and everything. And I would always pop in to give a recipe or like tips on nutrition. And it got to be kind of so popular. He's like, hey, can you uh, can you just start your own site? It might be easier. <laughs> Get off my <laughs> so, space. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, sure. You know, so then I started uh, Cotter Crunch, just like crunch as an eating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but around that time, also, I was going through a lot of health issues. Um, I had a parasite come back from 2006 and just totally destroy my gut. Um, so that's when I probably 2008, 2009, as I started eating gluten free um, because I had to. It was like a celiac sensitivity. Uh, like borderline celiac it's it's a weird thing so Mm -hmm. I transitioned to gluten-free and uh, my husband gluten-free and just kind of started healing my gut slowly but surely it took like 10 years so just kind of um kind of monitoring his training sharing recipes for 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 that as well sports nutrition and then talking a little about my own health and recipes and I would say Probably 2016, he retired, and that's kind of when I re like rebranded, I should say, and just mainly came into like gluten free eating, simple, allergy friendly recipes. Because what I notice is that a lot of people have not only gluten sensitivities or celiac, is that they have multiple allergies all the time, and you know I I do as well. It just depends on you know flare ups or something going on, and just really geared towards that. And it's it's my passion. I feel like I've really gotten into that niche because I'm good at it. I can like, I know what to do now. Um, so yeah. And then fast forward to today, you know, my second cookbook is focusing on that and still cranking it out yeah. <laughs> and still working on my gut health because it's, you know, it's always a mystery, but 
I kind of like know how to handle, uh, you know, different situations and um, I know my body. So. <laughs> I, I imagine that it's a process. I think it's good that you mentioned that because I think some people think, oh, once you figure out what's going on, you can fix it. But I think it's probably comforting for people to know that it can be a process. It can take as long as 10 years and it can evolve probably over time. Oh, for sure. I, I am extremely guilty of ignoring signs because I have a plan. I have an agenda. I can't get it. You know, you don't put yourself first or something happens and I don't do well with stress. So, you know, you kind of live and learn throughout like what, what, how your body's adapting. And then you can kind of say, okay, you know, um, I know this is going to be a hard season for me and my body might not react very well, but I need to give myself this time to heal or whatever. So it's allowing yourself to be human and Mm -hmm. living and learning through mistakes and what works and what not works, but also, yeah, being human and giving yourself some grace. Because I don't think if anyone was 100% perfect after they healed, I want to talk to them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because where are you when you are? Are you on an island, like living it up? So one day at a time. So if let's say someone is listening and maybe they are just navigating eating gluten-free, perhaps for the first time, what would your first tips be for them? Don't go search the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say... Pick up just a book or uh, my, my book as well, the mm-hmm. free family cookbook, because I walk through like the basics of gluten-free eating and really what it is, like what's going on in your body when, you, um, when you're eating gluten-free and how you might be feeling. Maybe just understanding that. Mm-hmm. And I think once you comprehend what's going on, you can kind of figure out what might work with, like foods might work with, well with your body and just know that you know, there's so many valuable resources out there, but if you just, um, it's almost like it's best to go to the library, you know what I'm saying? And just find content and read instead of searching the internet for everything and kind of getting overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit of time, but understanding why you might be reacting to gluten would be good, what it is. Um, I remember when I first did this, when I was first diagnosed, I was so freaked out. I think I picked up the book Gluten-Free for Dummies and was completely, it's a good book, but it completely overwhelmed me with where gluten was mm. like in everything. And I kind of just, I think it gave me more anxiety, right? It's intimidating. So it's very intimidating. So one, anyone's welcome to always email me. I can, yeah, we have a little start, you know, gluten-free start here page, but research or go to a library and just, just look at what it, it is and how you, uh, you know, are reacting with the gluten and why. And then really it's, simple whole foods mm-hmm. like that are gluten-free the natural kind just you know think of those um and ignore everything else for now unless you really have to but or work with someone that can help you navigate that if you have like celiac disease or just found that out i think it's easier to have someone guide you through it so two extremes here one if you have celiac and you just found out obviously work with somebody if you're just gluten sensitive and you're trying to figure out what's going on uh with your stomach or just need to avoid gluten go to the library, pick up some, email me and just start with like understanding what's going on in your body first. Right. I think that's what's good about your book because it can address people who have severe food allergies as well as people maybe on the other end of the spectrum who have intolerances. And then there's also people like who have mixed eaters in the family. Right. Um, But what I also love is that you're encouraging everyone to eat 
with natural ingredients. Because I think maybe one of the blessings in disguise when it comes to cooking gluten-free is that it encourages you to avoid convenience foods Mm -hmm. um, and embrace the natural ingredients. So maybe you could talk about all the pantry staples that you offer in your book, because I think that'll be encouraging for people who are maybe used to picking up a bottle of mayo or picking up some like cheese sauce. Right. And the reason I I gave those staples in the book, uh, one, because if a lot of people come and like, okay, well, I'm gluten sensitive, but my daughter has dairy issues. And then my other son has egg issues and they're completely overwhelmed. So they go to the store and they find this vegan sauce to put that's $12 for this amount of sauce or something. They put it on the table and it's disgusting. And they're like, what? I thought this was like mayo. So it's, 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 or like some vegan sauce. So it's teaching them to be on a budget with what you have and how to use it in multiple ways instead of trying to, you know, spend a lot of money on something that might not be good in the first place. Um, It won't last as long, obviously, but I think that for anybody, it's a lot easier to know how to make a a sauce allergy-friendly versus going to buy, you know, teach a man to fish and then fish for days, you know, give him a fish and then he's just satisfied for, you know, one day. Yeah. You know, and you also have like a chart for allergy-friendly swaps, so, and many of them are recipes in your books. So things like frosting or yeah. the nomado sauce for tomato sauce, which I thought was so cool and flour. What are your favorite gluten-free flour substitutes? Like, is there one that maybe serves well as like an all-purpose substitute or is it really a case-by-case basis? I would say it's case-by-case, but I just finished making my own gluten-free flour blend. It took me over years to make. So wow. It, so it's pretty tricky, like, and still, you know, but um, the one I use a lot, I would say is I use gluten-free oat flour a lot for um, a one-to-one, but the thing is it can be tricky for those who have celiacs. I know that some people are sensitive to the protein in oats, even mm-hmm. if they're certified gluten-free. So it really depends. I like to give options. Like if you can't do oat, then do like a gluten-free all-purpose blend that doesn't have oats and it's mainly like rice and tapioca starch and potato starch and stuff like that. So the two that I would say are closest to that is a homemade flour blend. Um, and then gluten-free oat flour really works well in my opinion. It's just, and it's nut-free. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it really depends on the person and their um, severity with you know, gluten or celiac. So I have a question about if a product is certified gluten-free, what does that mean? Is it a hundred percent free of gluten or could there be some minute particles there? It means that the product is made in a separate uh, facility that has no cross-contamination. So let's say like oatmeal that is certified gluten-free versus just um, regular oats. That mill, when they process the oats, you know, they do rolled oats, they do quick oats. It goes through the same machine as maybe like a wheat brand would, you know, so there could be cross-contamination. But if they're looking for certified gluten-free oats, those oats are going to be milled in a separate mill, obviously, that's not, does have any wheat in there. It's totally focusing on gluten-free, kind of similar that you would like a peanut allergy. You know, they're not going to process um, certain things in a you know facilities that has peanuts in it if it's dedicated to a peanut free facility something like that yeah okay that makes complete sense 
Um, so speaking of oat flour, I have been making your chocolate protein muffins that are in the book oh, for my son oh, good. because he is a competitive cyclist. And so we're always looking for ways to fuel him, get more protein, something in the morning that's yeah. quick and out the door. And he's been so far, he has told me that your recipe for those muffins are his favorite that I've made so far. Oh, good. I'm like, did he really, did he really say that? <laughs> he is did. He really yeah. did. Yeah. The, <laughs> and those, the tricky thing about this book is like, yeah, that was gluten-free, egg-free, nut-free, you know, all the things free, but you can't like, you still need taste. So it, it was definitely a work to do, but um, I'm so glad he liked that one. No, he loves it. Yeah. I'm making another batch for him tomorrow because... Good. And we then do. you put in some protein powder <laughs> of, of choice in there too, to pump it up. And, and yeah. oats are actually, the oat flour I use, of course, I use certified gluten-free oats to make my own oat flour, mm -hmm. um, but they're actually pretty high in that flour is high in protein as well. So yeah. that's why I like to use that versus like a, a rice or something like that. No, no, it's great. And it's, I've been sneaking some too, like, because <laughs> they're really good and they're just a great snack and I don't feel too guilty about eating it. Yeah, I think, though, that one of the most challenging things about having a child in the family that can't eat gluten is celebration. So your recipe for the gluten free cupcakes is something that really caught my attention, especially like when you have school age kids, you know, there's like, right. Yeah. So any tips for little gluten free eaters? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because the cupcakes I have in the book were inspired by a reader who came to me extremely overwhelmed because her son had all these food allergies and they're trying to celebrate his birthday with cupcakes and she didn't know what to do. Like she was going to go buy some, but then they have other allergies in it that they couldn't have. And she's worried that the kids wouldn't like them. So that's, she actually was able to try out this recipe before, I, you know, anybody else. I just sent it to her and said, Hey, try this out. This is in my new book cookbook. And she came back and said, nobody knew that they were even allergy friendly. And my son had a best party and all the kids loved them and they were fluffy. And so, you know, it looked like real cupcakes. I'm like, well, they are real cupcakes. <laughs> but um, I think the key is just not to make it like, what's the word? Like so, similar to like eat your vegetables. Like don't put, put it out there that it's something that's wrong with the food. You know, it's the same food as someone else that has um, regular cupcakes or regular desserts. It's just a little more tailored to that person. It's like, hey, these are actually specialty made for you. So they're going to taste even better or something like that. And, and to really encourage them that way um, and just give a little more flavor as in maybe a little more vanilla extract. Or I like to use the Dutch cocoa instead of regular cocoa to really enhance the chocolatey taste or something like that. So those little tips. But to get into the eat gluten-free is just mainly giving them like this, more like, hey, you, you get to, this is your way of eating because it's you know, created for you and instead of it making it like a chore, if that makes sense. Right. And then if you don't make a big deal out of it, then it's just normal. It's just normal food. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, I guess, kid-friendly, but really this is for everybody. I loved seeing your recipe for the cast iron soca pizza because I fell in oh, love yeah. with soca in Nice. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Hello. That is already naturally gluten-free. Yeah. And it's like two ingredients. Yeah. So, and again, nut-free and grain-free and all that. But yeah, I, I love, I say soca, but I guess some people say so soca, soca. It depends on where you are. Yes. But I've been using Saka for I don't know how many years, um, and I love it as well. It's a little more dense, like the pizza crust is a little more dense than the regular Saka, mm -hmm. 
because I wanted it to be in a cast iron, kind of more like a thicker crust. But yeah, it's so easy. And you don't have to wait for the yeast to rise. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, not at all. It's perfect. Okay. So having your book is an incredible resource for people who want to eat gluten-free at home. But let's say you want to go out to the restaurant and eat. What are your tips there? Well, nowadays, it's really convenient just to look online and things are really pretty much labeled, you know, gluten-free or vegan or something like that. I guess the the biggest question would be, is this person um, celiac and needs to be like, everything needs to be certified gluten-free? Do they need a separate plate and everything like cooking wise? And if so, the best thing would be just to call ahead and say, hey, I'm, you know, I have a celiac with me or I am celiac. Does your um, service like accommodate to that? Um, Because there's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, we're gluten free. It's like, no, there's gluten free. And then there's like the autoimmune celiac response. So they should be able to do that um, if they've taken the allergy course for any restaurant should be able to accommodate. So that's one thing. If not, if you're just like, I'm gluten free sensitive, if something gets in there, it's okay. I might just. I'll be fine is just to look at the menu and see if they have the options and um, and don't be afraid to ask questions like your server uh, you know they'll be like oh I don't want to annoy them I'm like annoy them <laughs> that's what they're there for is just you want that experience and you want to have good food is just kind of be prepared either way but also uh, yeah ask questions and you know they're again they're there to accommodate for the guest. Yeah. Um, I know. I think people are afraid to ask questions because they're like, oh my God, they're just going to get mad at me. But no, just, just ask the questions. <laughs> like you'll be fine. I think, I think people are more um, like if you're on a diet per se versus actual, because uh, some waiters or waitresses could be like, oh, she's gluten free. That just must be the diet. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a diet. Maybe it's just like, that's what I'm sensitive to. Um, so I think you just have to kind of preface that to them like, Hey, I don't respond to gluten very well. Could you see if this dish has this, this, and this in it? So I think just kind of, again, communicating that to the, to the server. Okay. So the holidays are coming up and you have tons of recipes in there that look so cozy, like some of the soups that you have there, but what, what do you think we should make for the holidays from your book? I'm just trying to think. Okay. So savory or sweet? Because there's a sugar cookie mix that oh, I have yeah, in there. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that mix is really good for for um, gifting to people who have food allergies. So you can make a little, you know, jar with sugar cookie mix. Like, hey, this is, you know, allergy-friendly for you guys or gluten-free. or And so and make a little recipe card. Um, I love that mix because I can just make it and eat the dough as well. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um Soup wise, I love the mac and cheese. I mean, sorry, casserole wise. Oh, but the green bean chicken casserole, um, that thing tastes legit. Like that was the first one. It's like Thanksgiving, and you cannot tell that there's no dairy or egg or anything or gr- gluten in there at all. So I was, I love that one. That's probably one of my favorites. Oh, and that ticks off all the boxes. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and you can easily make it like without chicken or something if you just want it to be a green bean casserole. Oh, so yeah. I just had the option to kind of make it more of a meal for those who want to add protein or just take it off and have, feed the side like a green bean casserole. So Yeah. And I think that's what I love about your book. There's lots of options. And then you also give people permission to, you know, customize it to whatever they need. Yeah. Oh, well, everybody and you would probably know if 
every family has someone who's either a picky eater, <laughs> doesn't eat meat, can't have this, can't have that, and they're just trying to have one meal, right? Right. So that's that is why I tried to do it. It was just like, okay, this can accommodate to so many people, um, and they don't have to make five different dishes. So that's kind of my goal for that, which took a lot of dishes on my end, but <laughs> but yeah, it was worth it. No, you've made a great, and I think it's great. This book isn't just for gluten-free people or allergy people. I think it's a book for everybody. It's got just good, wholesome food. So, Yeah, so well, that was my point. I really hope that it is a valuable resource for, for everybody out there, no matter what the food allergy or even without, you know, if they don't have food allergies. Yeah. Okay, well, Lindsay, before I let you go, I just have some quick closing questions for you. What's something that you make when you're too tired to cook and you need an emergency go-to meal? Oh, I have my husband go pick up sushi. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> and that's usually every Friday, but there's a place that has like gluten-free sushi and I'm just like, I need that. So, yep, all the time. Perfect. What's the one recipe that you treasure the most? Mm, that's really hard. Um, I would say, I think this one's actually in my book too. It's African stew. Mm. Well, in the book, it says African no peanut stew. <laughs> Because no peanuts, because oh, you right. use almond butter, sunflower seed butter. But on my site, it's actually uh, African peanuts too, because I actually learned how to make that when I was in Africa, living there. And I think it's very, it's easy to adapt to anybody vegetarian or not. Um, it can be allergy friendly. If you use, uh, I have a sunflower seed butter instead, you can't taste it, but kids love it. It's cozy. It's very warming. It's healthy. Um and you can make it in the crock pot. You can make it in the instant pot. It's just like one of those meals that works for everything. Oh, that sounds so good. I love anything with like a like a quote unquote peanut sauce type <laughs> flavor. So good. Yeah. And it's so easy. It's got sweet potatoes too and just mm. very hearty, but also wholesome. Are you a messy cook or a neat cook? It's funny. I am. It depends on where I am. <laughs> <laughs> At the studio, I'm a mess because I feel like I could just leave it and then go home. Oh, right? interesting. Like, so I tr because every time I try to do it clean, it ends up worse. Like, I'm like, I'll try to be clean. And then I end up spilling everything, right? <laughs> um, so I just kind of cook and see. And then, luckily, my husband helps clean. Uh, but then we go home, he's like, we're doing paper plates. No other. <laughs> so, but at home, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be very clean because I don't want to really clean the kitchen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So I would say it just depends on where I am at the moment. You have double the cleaning up to do. Yeah. So that's why a lot of times I'm like, sushi. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save this for tomorrow or something. So That's so funny. So every yeah. Friday I try to share five little things that made me smile. Is there anything that made you smile this week? Oh, we're just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> Monday. Today's like, Monday. Um, well, this made me smile seeing your face. Aww. It's been so long. Um, you know, it's good to connect. And I also had a chance to connect with another friend randomly this weekend who came in who's, you know, old blogger friend. And Aww. it was just, yeah, those made me smile. Those little moments of reconnecting. So valuable. Totally. You know, there was a time when I was in Salt Lake City, I felt like a lot and I never had a chance to connect with you. So one day I will come out there yeah. and we have to get together. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It's always open for you. So thank I'd you. Love I'd love it. Love it. Aww. And congrats again on your cookbook. I have it Aww. in my little library here too. And I often open it up because, you know, so many people are vegetarians as well. So I love the plant based Aww. focus there. 
the beautiful photos and everything. Thanks, so. Lindsay. That means a lot. Yeah. I can't believe I'm hitting the two-year anniversary on that. That's just crazy. I know. Uh, Very crazy. Well, Lindsay, where can everyone find you and where can they find your beautiful book? It really is so fun to cook from. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I am at Cotter Crunch, C-O-T-T-E-R, not a K, not welcome back, Cotter. Uh, <laughs> no, everyone thinks that. I'm on Instagram, Cotter Crunch, Facebook, you know, all those things. I would say mainly Instagram is kind of where our community is. And then you can find the book on Amazon. I'm selling it on my site. There we have my other cookbook on there too. You can just click on that. There's uh, Barnes & Noble, Indie Books. Where else is there? I'll have to go look. I forget. But those are the main places that are easily accessible. And if you can't find it, just email me and I will get one for you. Oh, that's like perfect service right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay, for spending today with me. And gosh, have a great rest of your week. All right. Thank you so much. I bet that even if you don't deal with a food allergy or intolerance, chances are you know someone who does. And Lindsay's book is an amazing resource. It really is suited to cooks and eaters of all kinds. I hope you check out the Gluten-Free Family Cookbook. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again to Lindsay for joining us and to you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking.